0: Welcome to Spectrum, the show that discusses news and topics that affect Southern Nevada and the surrounding communities. Now your host, Jim Tofte. Thank you for tuning in to the program this morning. I've got a pair of great guests today. Later on, an icon of justice and victims' rights, John Walsh, stops by to discuss his new program. But my first guest has done so much to find missing children in Southern Nevada. Joining us now is Margarita Edwards, the executive director. Of Nevada Child Seekers. Margarita, welcome back to the program. It's been a few months, hasn't it? Uh, How have you been?
1: I've been well, and how are you, sir?
0: Very good, thank you. And and you're always busy, aren't you?
1: You know, we really are. Um, it's good and bad. The mission that we have is to find and locate missing children, but um, a lot of them are coming home safe, so it's um, it's been a really good growth, a year of expansion, and we're excited about 2019.
0: With that in mind, I wanted to ask you about the recent case of Jamie Kloss, the missing 13-year-old girl in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, who was recently found alive after being gone for Nearly three months, first of all, how unusual is it that, after ninety days, she turned up okay and alive?
1: Uh, working these cases um it is very unusual. Um, a child that has been gone for more than twenty four hours usually has about ninety percent chance of being found deceased, so uh, her case has brought a lot of hope back into our world of helping find missing children. Um, we never lose hope, but it's also one of those miracles that um just reignites a lot of our passion, especially working in this field.
0: Even her abductor, I think Margarita was saying that uh, he figured once he got past a couple of weeks that he wasn't going to be found out.
1: Right. And he um, had been stalking her for a while and observing her and watching her behavior and habits. Um, so it's one of those things where um, you can have, you know, all, of, all the right um, training. <laughs> you can empower your kids with all the right, you know, information on how to stay safe. Um, but then the self-defense component comes in, you know, when someone actually comes and tries to abduct them physically and, um, or intimidate them, or in her case, um, you know, he murdered her parents. So it's a scary situation, but it, it, it's one of those things, like I said, is just, um, giving a lot of hope back into our, our jobs and into the community. But, In terms of what you were saying originally about him thinking, you know, people are going to stop looking after a certain amount of time, that's more media-based. The media, you know, will move on to the next story, but organizations, FBI, law enforcement, um, the families will never stop searching. So that's why it's important to align yourself with charities or foundations or agencies that continue their search for missing children, keep those flyers in rotation, and you know, the community is going to be the ones that bring them home.
0: You have a lot of experience with this. And so at this point in Jamie Klaas' life, mm-hmm. I know that she will have access now to, who would it be, Healthcare workers, therapists, uh, these would all be at her disposal at this point?
1: Correct. So the FBI and the National Center for Mis- Missing Children and Law Enforcement, it luckily, you know, will provide, you know, intensive uh, therapy, whether it's, it's a lot of trauma, you know, three months being gone, um you know, with a person who is a monster. So there's going to be a lot of healing. Um, But it seems her family, which was a beautiful thing, they were ready and waiting for her to come home. So she's surrounded with a lot of love and light, and that's going to be what keeps her, um, you know, keeps her from those dark places. Um, especially in, after a, such a serious event like that.
0: And I know that her family is already saying, we're moving on this as she does. We're not going to push anything and ask her any questions. We're on her time right. now.
1: Right. And that's the most important thing when a child's um, gone through any trauma is to put things back into routine, surround them with things they're familiar with, you know, and, and they're, they'll let you know when they're ready. And, and that's, that's, you know, obviously we're all following this case. And um, I think even the sheriff said that she's, you know, his hero. So that says a lot about the community that supports her.
0: And I think the good news is she recently said that she's probably going to want to go back to school soon, which mm-hmm. which uh, I suppose is a good sign, right?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, she has a survivor's mentality. You can already tell. And um, it's going to be. It's going to be a story that everyone should follow, you know, and and she's going to save a lot of lives when she's ready to. But right now, the most important thing is to just focus on her and her everyday routine and the normalcy of, of, you know, her life. She has a lot of just really caring and loving people. Um, Many of the children that do go missing, unfortunately, are are children that are in the foster care system. And when they are located, um, they don't have that from the family to go back to. So a lot of our missing children need a community behind them, need a community to search for them. So when they are located, we can be the ones that, you know, bring them back to a normal life and are able to give that hope.
0: Margarita Edwards joins me, the executive director of Nevada Child Seekers. And when someone is reported missing in another state, even as far away as Wisconsin, do you receive alerts then and then place that on your social media?
1: Yes, we do. We um, placed her alert um, the day it was activated. And that's because we follow a lot of the national missing child um, affiliates, but What's interesting is their alerts mostly go to law enforcement. And because we are a nonprofit, we have to um, continuously search for um, those type of alerts that we can assist with and sometimes even call law enforcement ourselves and and ask if they have any cases that they would like our help with. A lot of people think that we're activated the minute they call the police, but we're not the police. So we actually need the parents and guardians to call us and activate our statewide alerts. So it's one of those things that um, luckily we have a team that does a lot of research and and stays, you know, um, on the cusp of breaking news and and things like that. But there are cases that we can help with. It's just they're not, you know, aware of our services.
0: Do you use cases like this as kind of a case study and and learn from them?
1: Absolutely. So we attend the Crimes Against Children's Conference in Dallas. That's a yearly, week-long conference that is open to mostly law enforcement and other agencies that you know, assist children um, affected by crime. Um, so when it comes to trends and, you know, those cases that are national cases, um, we're trained on, you know, the best practices and things that, you know, FBI or law enforcement are encountering before even the public really knows, um, especially when it comes to online safety and online enticement and child predators and things like that. Um, our agency is trained side by side with the FBI. So we make sure that we, we have the correct information and the correct protocols and especially when it comes to our missing children.
0: For as much people too uh, who complain about social media and the oft times negative tone, it really has helped Nevada child seekers, hasn't it?
1: Absolutely. We have about 6,000 likes, but we have about 110,000 um, person engagement. So you can see, you know, on your statistics, you know, who's looking at your page and how far your posts are going and We have a global reach. Um, We have, you know, people just like you, you know, the regular everyday person who shares our posts, getting those alerts out. So social media and the internet is actually a tool that, you know, is working and bringing our missing children home that's keeping the community aware that these children are endangered. And, you know, we'll post when the child's located and we'll post, you know, if the child's been found. And that's also an outcome that, you know, most, most average citizen doesn't get. You'll see the alert like on TV. You know, and you'll wonder, why, why is there only one alert or one missing child? You know, this case is on TV when there's about 20 children that go missing a day in Nevada. So if, if that's on your heart to really be involved more, I, I, I encourage you to contact us or follow us on our Facebook to see the children that are missing every day and help us bring them home.
0: One of your big flagship events coming up is the big search, missing child search uh, effort. You had a successful year last year, didn't you?
1: Last year was truly amazing we're able to locate 27 of the 30 children that we were searching for and it's a three-day search-wide effort it's usually happening during the big game weekend and it's everyone who wants to be involved and the information is actually on our page nevadachildseekers.org and it'll tell you about our orientation and also you can sign up for different shifts and it's really um, a community-wide effort to locate our missing children and last year we had about 180 volunteers and this year, we already have 200 plus signed up to help.
0: What can you tell me about what you teach your volunteers at the orientation?
1: So at the orientation, we're going to talk about volunteer safety. Um, how all of our volunteers are to you know really look out for each other. They go out in groups. Um, they're given maps and areas to cover. And the thing is, we're simply handing out flyers to people that are, you know, passersby, by to, you know, gas stations, to bus drivers, to anyone that's really, you know, sees a lot of the public. And we get those flyers in circulation, and then the tips start to come in. You know, people think they may have seen another you know, child here. And it's really great because then we forward those straight to, you know, law enforcement, and then they're able to investigate the tips. And, you know, that's how the children are coming home. So the volunteer workshop that we actually post the orientation. Um, it goes into more depth you know, in depth training. But, right, but you know, right. those are the types of things that we have to um, you know, they have to come in and learn about.
0: Margarita Edwards joins me from Nevada Child Seekers. Is there a significance to holding this around the time of the big game?
1: Right. So for international, um, class kids and certain ministries, there are community partners, national partners. Um, they've they've really seen an increase of um, tips that come out, especially during big events. And so that's why this is really focused around the big game. A lot of people will come in to our city and that helps us with, you know, maybe if the child's been moved around from different states, you know, those tips come in, we'll get a tip from Las Vegas, but that child may have been seen in California. And so it really does help, especially because we're a tourism community, to get these children, listen child flyers in circulation with people that normally wouldn't know about Nevada Child seekers or, or that type of
0: thing. The high-profile case of Jamie Kloss, we know that she was abducted. What are some of the other reasons that kids might be missing?
1: So there are many reasons why a child goes missing. Mostly what we've seen in our research is 65% of attempted abductions are involvement with females, but what we've noticed is, you know, not just the not just females are targeted, males are targeted as well. What's happening is, it's a friendship that's usually developed in school or outside of the family home. It's a relationship that most parents, you know, aren't aware of. And then what ends up happening is, you know, the child feels like this person understands them. They begin to really get you know, get their trust. And once they leave the home willingly, they realize that this person's intentions were not what they thought. And by then it's too late. The child's been hurt or there's been some you know, um abuse and then the enticement and the extortion begins and it's just a you know, a really scary situation for our children to be in. Our goal is to prevent them from ever going missing. So that's why we are heavily involved with the schools and really just talking to our young people about what's out there and, and what are some predator traits that they should be aware of so they don't become a victim, so they don't go missing.
0: By the way, it's also Human Trafficking Prevention Awareness Month, and, and it, it's the same same type of thing, isn't it, really? Somebody kind of befriends them?
1: Correct, and, you know, child trafficking happens everywhere in every city across the world, in every, you know, socioeconomic, you know, background from the wealthy to the, you know, at risk to the, it's one of those things that is if you are a drug dealer, you're going to, you know, get a certain amount of drugs to sell and then you're out of that product. But with human beings, you can sell them over and over and over again. So it's a, you know, one of the biggest industries, underground industries in the, in the world. And unfortunately, they're targeting our children, the vulnerable, um, the very young, you know, they're finding them at the malls, they're finding them at bus stops, they're giving them rides home, they're showing them that they can be trusted, you know, and then of course, what ends up happening is the child finds out that, you know, this person that they thought was their boyfriend or girlfriend is actually a predator and selling them and, you know, they tell them, you don't want anything to happen to your little brother or sister, you better do this and they'll actually let them leave they'll let them go home and you know pick them up on the weekends and it's that kind of thing that you know the average family would just think oh it's normal you know she's going to go to the movies or to the mall so we we really focus with the parents on warning signs that if your child is detaching themselves from you or normal things like going to you know church functions or um, they really like sports and all of a sudden they hate sports really look out for those red flags that that are happening in your child's life and you could even call us. You know, we can sit there and um, do an intake and and see, you know, maybe your family just may need counseling. Maybe it's not, you know, your child's a victim of human trafficking. But at the end of the day, to make sure that we're vested in our children and we're paying attention to, to them and their well-being is. Is probably the biggest prevention
0: piece. Margarita Edwards joins me and I saw on your Facebook page recently it's a great idea really too, to place stickers inside of bathroom stalls that ask are you safe do you need freedom and there's a phone number there which is really a great idea.
1: Well thank you we um, are partnering with the Human Trafficking Hotline um, it's a national uh, campaign um, they're amazing. If you ever, you know, need some more information or just want to see some more information on that, they're a great resource. Um, so we work, we're working with them and we're working with the Department of Homeland Security's um, Human Trafficking Division. And what we found was this idea of just placing stickers and stalls in the sitting rooms, um, bus stops, you know, those type of things um, is is showing the vulnerable or the hurting that there is help and that if you are being, you know, it says. That, you know, like you said, do you need help? Do you need freedom? Um, we don't use the word trafficking. We just want you to know that sometimes you're scared to even have that label, and it goes directly to the human trafficking hotline, and they they work with the FBI and they're able to make sure you're safe. And um, we have sent stickers to Hawaii, Colorado, you know, Mexico. We we have people contacting us via our social media saying, you know, I'm a business owner. I want to put these on my fitting rooms. This is, you know, how many can I have? So. But they're absolutely free. You can have as many as you need. Just contact our office and um, want to make sure that our you know are people that are out there that need help that need a voice that they know they have it with Nevada Child Seekers.
0: And in many cases they need to do this silently so is there a text number on the sticker
1: There's a text number let me give that to you give me one second
0: I do have the human trafficking hotline by the way that's 18883737888
1: So the text line is you text the words be free b e F R E E to 233733. Or you could text the word help to 233733.
0: Now, you have so many volunteers, and if people want to donate or help out or, or do anything that involves Nevada child seekers, how do they get in touch with you guys?
1: Um, they can call us here at the office, 702 458 7009. They could also find us on social media and send us a quick message. Luckily, thanks to Cox Charities, we have. Um, funding to create posters, to print out booklets, to print uh, volunteer shirts, to get a lot of handouts going Um, and thanks to Dr. L'Italia oral surgery, we have snacks that are going to be provided, energy bars and water to a lot of the volunteers. So once again, it's the three-day search effort at the end of the month. It's called the Big Search and we're hoping to find 30 of our most vulnerable missing children and if you'd like you know more information please contact our office or you can always donate via novatachildsteepers.org we have a link up On our
0: website. And your social media is always great. It's very active, and I suggest that people uh, hop on because there's always great information there as well. So, Margarita, thank you so much. It's always great catching up with you. Thank you,
1: Jim. It's always great to hear from you, and thank you for highlighting our efforts to find our missing children.
0: Anytime, and good luck to you. Thank you. My next guest is John Walsh, the criminal investigator, human and victim rights advocate, and host of America's Most Wanted. Hey, Jim. John, how are you today? I'm very good. How are you? Fantastic. You know, I recall watching the T V movie about your son, and I believe that it was a Grant Tinker production and thinking You're Absolutely right. Thinking that this was really revolutionary because I believe at the end they showed pictures of other missing children and offered a tip hotline. That was pretty much unheard of at the time, wasn't it?
2: Jim, you are you've got a great memory. It was Grant Tinker. He made the decision. When the NBC marketing vice president and the vice president of sales at NBC said, You can't show pictures of missing children at the end of the movie because that's two minutes of advertising time. Never forget it. It was in Grant Tinker's office, and he said, Okay, I'm making a decision here. Um, I'm going to air this movie. The real Walsh's are going to, my wife and I are going to introduce the 65 missing kids at the movie, but the bad news is we've got to put it up against Monday Night Football. But they say that Adam was the most-watched TV movie of all time. They aired it three times, and it found, this is where I learned about hotlines. The movie was so successful, NBC paid for a hotline in D.C. at the National Center for Missing and Exploded Children, And I learned so much about the American public, they found 65 kids because of the three airings of Adam. So it was revolutionary TV, and Grant Tinker was down in history for making the decision to air that movie of the week.
0: Was this when you realized that there really was so much work that needed to be done, and, and this kind of became your calling then?
2: uh you know it it all started for my my wife was the who is the one who should get all the credit she created the national center for missing and Exploded children out of our garage because after adam was murdered you know we got i think the hollywood florida little fleet the little post office delivered 40,000 box letters in boxes addressed to the parents of adam adam's mom adam's dad the walshs and she answered every one of those letters and realized how big the problem of missing non custodial parental abductions, runaways. She she realized how big the problem was. I was the angry, bitter, heartbroken dad who was trying to figure out a way right. to catch Adams' murderer and have him killed or kill him myself. I mean, those dark thoughts yeah. go through your mind all the time. And then I started working on the legislation because the FBI had refused to get involved in Adams' case. Kind of ironic. And I've been FBI Man of the Year, I think, twice and caught 17 of their 10 Most Wanted. 25 years I was on AMW, and we worked closely together, but we were bitter enemies in 81. I was their biggest critic because they refused to add They said, we don't get involved in child cases. I said, Adam could be anywhere, and it turned out that he was 120 miles from where he was kidnapped. So, you know, I went my direction. My wife went on the more positive side of it. But um, kind of ironic how, you know, I just never gave up trying to catch the bastard, you know, trying to change the laws. And my wife, that the center is there. It's a seven-story building in old town Alexandria that deals with all types of exploitation of children. But you made a good point, Jim. I think she and I were so, and most of America— was very naive about how much exploitation of children there was in this country.
0: I know that you had to kind of be convinced to do America's Most Wanted. You finally said yes, at least to do the pilot. And the critics were tough even before the show aired, but you caught a guy just days after that first airing, didn't you?
2: It did take me six months. Um, Rupert Murdoch's crew was pretty visionary. You know, it was 19... 88 Fox was one night Sunday night. They had one hit show and that was 21 Jump Street with Johnny Depp. They had found him on Hollywood Boulevard. He was a musician, still a musician. So that, I said, look, I, I'll do it. I'll do the pilot. And, and Murdoch's people, definitely Barry Diller was the, my biggest champion. But they were convinced they had had tested actors. They were persistent as hell and said, you're the guy. We were modeled after Crime Watch UK in in England. So once I saw Crime Watch UK, I said, "Okay, it has to be done on the East Coast where our center is, where I can, you know, partner up with the U.S. Marshals and the FBI and let me pick the first guy. So, you know, all the. Pundits, all the big TV critics said they'll never watch. Who the hell is this father of a murdered child? Who's going to host a TV show? What's reality television? There were, believe it or not, we were the first reality show. I don't know if that's a compliment with honey <laughs> boo boos and right, people, whatever county. But uh, anyway. Well, I, cho- I chose David, David James Roberts. I'll never forget his name. He raped 27 women, was let out on parole. That's how, how bad our criminal justice system is. And while he was out on parole, he killed four people, two of them small children. They caught him again, gave him five life sentences. He faked that He had a, a, a appendicitis. He got to the hospital. A friend of his put a gun under the bed. He escaped. He'd been at large for almost two years. The FBI's best man hunters didn't have a clue where he was. He was the guy. My wife said, look, pick a child killer. Adam's, Adam's murder has never been filed. At that time, Adam's case had, wasn't solved. It took us 27 years to reopen Adam's case and solve it. But anyway, I picked David James Roberts, and guess where he was? We aired the pilot on February 1988. Two days later they caught David James Robertson. Guess what he was doing? A serial murderer, serial rapist on the FBI's top ten number one. He was running a shelter for the homeless on Staten Island, oh, hiding boy. in plain sight. The show became a big hit. We caught the uncatchable.
0: Over a thousand criminals later, it was certainly an honor to talk with you, John.
2: Jim, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: All right, take care of yourself. Thank you. John's new show is called In Pursuit with John Walsh, where he also is joined by his son Callahan Walsh searching for the nation's most violent criminals. It is on Investigation Discovery every Wednesday night. And of course, thanks again to my first guest, Margarita Edwards from Nevada Child Seekers. That brings us to the end of this edition of Spectrum. I do hope to see you back here next Sunday morning at 7.30. Spectrum is hosted, written, and produced by Jim Tofty. If you have suggestions on future guests or topics, please send
2: them to Spectrum at smiradio.com.